Hi everyone, my name's David Day and I'm the Managing Director of Samurai Digital Security. I'd like to welcome you to this episode of 404 Cybersecurity Not Found. Okay, so I'm on my own today. It's just me, I haven't got any of the guys with me, recording the podcast at a later time in the evening. So if I sound a little chilled out, maybe that's why. So this particular podcast, I want to talk about Facebook. Uh, An incident occurred relatively recently that sent me on a bit of a exploratory mission to find out more about the kind of data which Facebook collects on us all, or at least most of us, and how that data is collected, how it's shared, how it's monetized. And the decision that I took to look into this was based largely upon an experience of my business partner, Neil, who told me recently that as part of an experiment, he created a fake Facebook account. Those of you that know Neil will know he is certainly not one at all for social media and that's a sentiment I understand. In fact, to be fair, most of us at Samurai feel pretty much the same way about social media in terms of the challenges it causes to us in terms of our privacy. So anyway, Neil tells me that he had attempted to set up this fake Facebook account using a brand new SIM, using a fake name, using a this person does not exist photo. So if you're not familiar with that, there's a website that you can go to where you can get hold of a photo of a person that doesn't actually exist. It's been created by AI and thus fits very well for people who want to protect their privacy with fake Facebook accounts. Incidentally, if Facebook find out you're using a Facebook a fake account, you, you will have that account um, suspended, removed. Uh, you, you won't be able to use it if they get wind of that. It's not something that makes them happy. Uh, which I can understand now I know a little bit more about how they go about their business. So he created this fake Facebook account and the moment that he logged into it using a brand new SIM, using a VPN, using an incognito uh, browser, it wasn't actually Chrome's incognito, I think it may have been DuckDuckGo or one of the other anonymous browsers. So he shouldn't have been tracked in that way. However, it immediately populated his you might want to be friends with the list with pretty much all the people who I am connected to on on Facebook. And I'm not connected to many and most of the people I am connected to, I'm connected to from in in a business capacity. Uh, rather than a friend's capacity but all of a sudden he showed me shared a screenshot with me um, showing me that Facebook's recommending all the people that I know so I guess the first thing that crossed my mind was well how how does it know how was it how was it discovered this Um, how was it managed to fathom out that there's a connection between myself and Neil so it sent me off on a little journey because obviously I'm thinking about IP addresses. Well, it can't be that because it's a VPN. You're thinking tracking cookies. Well, it can't be that because, you know, we're using a, a, an anonymizing um, browser, not logged into any accounts other than the fake Facebook one. So how, how has it done this, right? How was it put two and two together? And, you know, I'll show you 
now actually so so one of the so, so I'll, I'll get to that okay i'll get to how they managed to fig figure this out um one of the things that you have now as an option is this ability to download all of the data which facebook has on you is it all of the data i don't know i don't know um i've discussed the matter with my colleagues at Samurai and there's some skepticism that that is indeed all of the data they have on you but it's uh, pretty much impossible to to say for sure uh, however I can say the data it does provide on you it's quite detailed in itself you know there's a lot of metadata in there and I suspect that there's data that links to other data that can be give a bigger profile of information about you. But even even that aside, even even without mining other sources, it's a pretty big um, mass of data they hold on you. And if you go onto Facebook, uh, I won't go through the step by step mechanisms of how you can do that. It's not difficult. You can find out that data is downloadable. And I did download it. I downloaded this for. Uh, the Samurai Digital um, Facebook account. Now, this is interesting, isn't it? This is this is another thing. So, so this is something to sort of keep in the back of your mind as a as I go off on this monologue ramble about Facebook. That when you, if you wish to promote your business using Facebook, and many people do, and that includes myself. You know, I I felt that. There was a sector of the community that may respond to Samurai Digital having a Facebook page. It isn't possible, of course, to have a business page unless you also have a personal profile. I did have a personal profile many years ago, a few years ago, not many. Re removed it, deleted it because I didn't like the people how how people communicated on there and I didn't like the person I was actually turning into myself as I got pulled in to the egotistical nonsense that is that platform and its content. So I stopped using a personal account, but the, the, the need to have a business account m meant that I had to create one, which was a bit of a frustration to me. And Facebook now continues to use every trick in the book to try and pull me back in to doing um nonsense egotistical look how wonderful i am posts which pretty much everybody else is doing on there and and i'm going to get to that in a minute i'm going to get to that as being part of the reason i think is facebook's success but let's get back to uh, Neil's Facebook account and its ability to link me and him together and suggest my friends to him for him to request as friends. So I I downloaded the information that Facebook had on me and when you, when you do this it, it sends it down in a zip file. I think mine was about 260 meg of data that came down. And when you unzip the file, it creates a number of folders. Uh, and it also creates an index HTML file, which if you click on, puts the data into a nicely accessible format. If you haven't seen this before, if you haven't downloaded your data before, uh, the first thing I'll do is strongly recommend that you do that. And in fact, I probably couldn't recommend it any 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 more really I, I just can't recommend it strong enough is i think what i'm trying to say there you really need to see what these guys are holding on you honestly you do so please do download that information and when you do by the way I, i'd be i'd be interested to hear what your thoughts and views are so um i i'm I, I guess the place where most of you are linked to to hear this podcast is LinkedIn. So if you if you want to um, 
if you want to connect to me on LinkedIn, and, and I understand the irony of this, what I'm saying, by the way, but <laughs> please feel free to um, to make comments on your views on what you found in there when you've downloaded that data too. But I'm just going to talk through some of the stuff that's there for uh, for Samurai, and then I'm going to talk a little bit more about perhaps a, some more worrying stuff as well. Um, so, so the information that uh, I've been given access to is is obviously all my posts, but there's nothing particularly shocking about that. You'd imagine Facebook would have information on your posts, otherwise it wouldn't work. Uh, photos and videos, of course, are on there. Comments that I've made um, on other people's posts, comments that have been made on my posts, my likes and reactions to other people's posts. Uh, that's a very small figure. I don't tend to react with other people on Facebook if I can help it. The the friends part, it has my uh, removed friends. So people that have decided I don't want to be friends with on Facebook. Rejected friends requests. Sorry, guys, if we're, you're one of them, you're one of many. Don't take it personally. It's just my dislike of Facebook and nothing to do with you as an individual. Uh, received friend requests, sent friend requests, won't be many of those. And of course, a list of all my current friends that are on there. Stories, people I'm following and who's following me. Uh, messages I've exchanged with other people on Messenger. Right, okay. So all the people that I've ever sent a message to on Messenger um, are there, including the messages. So if any of you are using Facebook, I mean, I have one at the moment from a friend of mine. I'm reading it now. So Facebook has this information in clear text. Um, I'm reading the information now uh, from a friend of mine who told me that he is, uh, is dealing with a very serious family issue at the moment. I won't go into that, obviously, um, but it's significant and it's extremely personal and I'm reading that I'm, I'm reading my entire message exchange with this particular individual um, it's it's frightening uh, absolutely frightening so please don't ever under any circumstances send anything over Facebook messenger to somebody if you want that to be private it's not even slightly private it is in no way private it is completely in fact unprivate um so don't do that it's actually strangely uh, a, a really good way to get access to your messages really quickly is to download the data they have on you it's quicker to look through that than it is to look through it on the facebook interface to be fair every single one with everybody i've ever spoken to using messenger um events that i've responded to just going through the other things that it's got here uh Profile information, um, hobbies, music that I listen to, uh, pages that I'm admin of, uh, marketplace activity, history of payments for things that are purchased through Facebook. List of places that I've created, places that I've visited, apps and websites, gaming information. Uh, items that I've moved to the recycle bin. No kidding, guys. That's in there too. Uh, videos and then a, a few other things as well. I don't want to go through all of them, but I, I'm going to move to perhaps the more interesting section of information which they hold. So I'm looking now at the information about you section. So within that is a, is a, is a section called ads and businesses. So um, this is Facebook's um, description of that particular item. Add topics that are relevant to you. Advertisers who have contact, who have collected information directly from you, information that you've submitted to advertisers and your interactions with businesses and organizations that you visit off Facebook. So not on Facebook. So it could collect, info, it could collect information off Facebook activity, as it calls it. So, off Facebook activity. So, so this is the killer one, right, for me. The, the, this was the bit that kind of surprised me. 
so I naively, right, so I knew that Facebook had to advertise. And I, and I also understand that, that nothing is, is free in this world. And I, I get that, right? So I, and I know there's a cost to everything. But I think my, my, my concern here is that it's a bit like paying for something without knowing that you're paying for something. That's the difference, I think, here. So I appreciate nothing is free. I appreciate Facebook. Facebook's business model is is advertising. That's clear to me. Um, but what I wasn't clear on is how my data was being monetized. And so th this was probably the most surprising part to me. So how off Facebook activity works is that a bunch of different um, places that you visit, the accounts that you have on websites, on mobile applications, anything essentially that you can log into from a web browser or on a mobile app can, if they wish to, share the data they have on you with Facebook. So in other words, you know, e even if you have a dormant Facebook account, it just sits there and, you know, you never use it and think, I'm okay, right? Because Facebook don't have any data on me. I never interact with Facebook. How can they? Well, they do. They have um, a mass of information on you from all the other things that you have interacted with and logged into so these organizations so on mine for instance i can see um uh core the, the ask questions and answers site linkedin uh, slack uh blinkist which i use because i can't be bothered sometimes to read all the non-fiction books LastPass, my password manager right is interacting with facebook um wish sorry guys which oh dear who looks at that i do sorry um you know i, I do you know what i'm not going to tell you that all of them but there's a few in there uh smile direct club i want to get my teeth straight into the bottom so you know what those guys decided they were going to share that information with facebook as well thank you guys uh there's loads there's loads and loads i play roblox sometimes with my daughter and guess what roblox is on there uh, jd sports uber um cystic fibrosis news today so facebook probably knows that i have some relationship with cystic fibrosis my daughter has it uh so they know that about me uh tiktok no surprise there there's there's stacks of them on there the, the distance running apps they know they can so they know where i've been as well uh netflix they know the stuff i've been looking at um netflix guides the, that 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 is on that one uh, what else we got on there? Wi-Fi connection manager. I'm just picking some of them out almost at random, to be honest. There's loads, loads and loads on there. Uh, Info security magazine. I, they're friends of mine, but still they're sharing my information with Facebook. Now, why are they doing this, right? So your, my, your initial reaction, at least my initial reaction was, uh, oh, there's banks on there as well, too, just to mention. I mean, I won't say which banks they are, obviously, but um, there are banks that are sharing their information with Facebook too. Uh, just loads and loads of companies that you're associated with will be sharing their data with Facebook. And and you, you, you know, your initial reaction could be, well, I, I'm really angry. So my, my bank is sharing my details with Facebook. How, how, how can that possibly be right? Um, I'm going to tear into my bank about this and tell them it's the wrong thing to do. Or, or whoever it might be. You'll be shocked when you see it, by the way, if you haven't looked already. Um, however, from... And I'm not condoning this in any way. Uh, I'm just... But I can understand it. So from their point of view, they're thinking, well, I, I want to increase my um, ability to sell to this person um you know they've signed maybe they've signed up on a on a on a free trial or a free account and perhaps i've got a you know a uh a, a more expensive or superior product that i want to sell to them how can i sell to them i know what i could do i could sell to them on 
Facebook. Facebook's ubiquitous. You know, how many? Several billion? I don't remember how many now. It's lots, isn't it? Is it four billion or something crazy? It's like 50% of the population of the planet, over 50% are on Facebook. Which is genius, if you think about it. I don't want to sidetrack myself here, but, but it is absolutely... How have they done that? Absolute. As annoyed as you may be with them, you, you I find it very difficult not to admire their genius in in managing to do this, into into attracting so many people onto that platform and putting them in, in such a powerful position that pretty much every other organization wants to share their data with Facebook for purposes of advertising. So so let me take an example. I don't know. Let's, let's go for, um, what have we got here? Uh, GoDaddy, right? GoDaddy share their information with um with Facebook. So so those guys are probably thinking, well, you know what, I, I, I'm going to, they, they upload massive lists of information on particular individuals, because they want to advertise directly to those individuals. So if GoDaddy uploaded a list of um, several hundred thousand users who exhibit the potential to buy a particular product, but haven't bought it. So maybe they've seen them looking at it a few times, but they haven't bought it. They upload their details to, to Facebook. Facebook will then match the information that you've given them with their users. So guess what, right? So let's say, let's say GoDaddy, I mean, I'm just using them as an example, and I'm not saying that this has happened, although I'm sure it almost certainly would have done. Um, if there, if there was sort of like 10,000 particular users that have been picked out by GoDaddy that might buy this particular product because they've looked at it on their site before. And then only that those guys and nobody else is sent an advert for this particular product that GoDaddy sold. How can you get better advertising than that? How can you do it better? The, the, this world that we're living in now this crazy world that we're living in there. Targeted advertising, targeted marketing is driving the internet. You know, it's, it's, I'm not saying that's a good thing, right? But it's massive money. It's, it's like, like, uh, like it, like mining for oil used to be in the sort of, in the, in the sort of fifties and sixties. It's just enormous now. Um, this means of monetizing our data, whereby an advert can be tailored specifically based on content that you've looked at online, sites that you're logged into. And there seems to be a few sort of central hubs, right? So, you know, we've got uh, Facebook here. What what other central hubs might there be? Well, certainly, you know, they're, they're, they're not the only, um, only gig in town, but... You know who would you who would you advertise to if you're advertising digital wise? I mean, you'd probably think, well, there'll be um, what will they be? There'll be uh, LinkedIn, there'll be uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter. If you're adventurous, maybe Reddit. Uh, but certainly, those first three are sort of the big, if you like, the big central hubs, and they're very, very well connected to each other the big central hubs, which everybody else is pouring their data into. You know, from all these other sites that want to advertise through those platforms are pouring the data they have on you into them. So it's not just Facebook and Google and LinkedIn that are collecting this information about you by you accessing their services directly. It's a probably as much if not more about the other services that you're using that aren't those three that are then sharing your information with those three so they become this big hub of data that they hold on billions of people you know more than four billion because we're not just talking about the people that use facebook we're talking about you know, maybe people who don't use Facebook but use other services and they're feeding into Facebook in an effort to get adverts to you because they think maybe you do use Facebook, right? So I don't know. I don't know if I'm making that clear. Um, but 
this is this is pretty terrifying uh stuff in some senses uh voice recordings and transcriptions any of that they have your voice as well they have your voice they have your face <laughs> from a biometric point of view this is quite worrying and well you know i'm going to come to that actually i'm going to talk about that in a minute but i'm also going to talk about so i've also uh, you know i've mentioned already haven't i that um face you know there's a number of ways facebook pull you into their ca catch you in their sticky web and you know so i mentioned the fact that you know if you want to have a business facebook page then you have to have a personal facebook account it's one way they can get you it got me that way um another way i i made an investment recently because i you know what i hate the dark nights okay they they, they get me down they do i suffer a little bit with seasonal affective disorder as i know a lot of people do uh, because whenever i mention it I, I hear that they do too um if you suffer with seasonal affective disorder by the way p please feel free to reach out to me i've got some um pretty cool ways of dealing with that uh so yeah pl please do reach out to me but but one of the ideas that i had for dealing with this by the way was was, was uh oculus quest oculus quest 2 i thought do you know what <sighs> maybe maybe that will help right maybe if i if i go into a virtual reality and wander around a few beaches or you know uh, put myself into environments which are a bit more you know, like sunny and pleasant during these long cold dark evenings it might cheer me up a bit and that was my um, driving motivation for purchasing a oculus quest 2 now i don't really want to advertise for facebook um to to, to be fair bearing in mind what i've just said um but I will say this, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a young man, okay, so perhaps that might be why I was so shocked, because I've not had as much exposure to, to many of the, of the younger people, particularly, the, you know, the guys that work with me, they're all younger than me. Um, but when I put this thing on, I was utterly and totally blown away by how brilliant it was in terms of its performance and what it could do. And I thought there's just no way that Facebook, I mean, I bought, that, right, there's two versions of case. There's one at 300 quid and there's one at 400 quid or $300 or $400 if you live in the US because obviously those guys get everything cheaper. So I bought the 400 pound Oculus Quest 2. And I thought there's absolutely no way that they could create something that's that good technically for 400 quid or 300 quid if you buy the, the 128 um, version. So it made sense to me when I subsequently heard uh, that there's no way you can use the Oculus Quest 2 unless you connect using your Facebook account. You just can't get access to the functionality. It won't work, you have to. You have to attach to your Facebook account before you can get access to the to the quest itself. Is there hacks and ways around that? I haven't seen them. It may be possible. I'm sure some people may have done that. Um, but I'm not familiar with it and certainly didn't want to go down that route. So I logged in with my Facebook account. But then you see it has you another way, doesn't it? Because then it's collecting data about the games that you're playing. Uh, the games that you connect to. It's a very sociable uh, device. So you can go into virtual reality rooms and people will be friend requesting you in there if you speak to them potentially. So again, it's finding, it's another way, isn't it, of just getting more data from you and advertising to you. So I'll give you an example. I, um, I went into a game called Echo VR. Um, which was amazing fun, by the way. But the day before that, I signed up to uh, to Discord, uh, the sort of, uh, I don't know what you'd call that, the, the social messaging app, uh, which is uh, 
arguably predominantly used by gamers. I'm not much of a gamer, but I've signed up to it anyway. And then within the virtual reality game, Echo VR, was you, you, you're kind of in zero G, right? It's like zero G and you're in a spaceship and you can wander around and there's, you can go in and play team games. It is actually really, very good. Um, but inside the spaceship was a, was, a, was, a, was a panel, like a display panel. On that display panel was an advert for Discord. I thought there's no way that that is um, a coincidence. The day before I signed up for Discord, the day before I signed up to Discord, the next day, I've got information about Discord being presented to me in Echo VR running on Oculus Quest 2 owned by, you guessed it, Facebook. So Discord clearly sharing information about me with Facebook and I'm getting an advert as a result of it. So it's very clever, isn't it? And, and you know, I find it interesting. I mean, particularly with Oculus. So Oculus was initially, you know, before Facebook bought it, many, many years before Facebook bought it, um, it was founded by uh, uh, Palmer Lucky. And Palmer Lucky said, and I quote, um, that you would never have to sign in to Oculus using your Facebook account. You will not have to log into Facebook, is what they said. But you do. But you do. So when Facebook bought it, even though Oculus founder said you wouldn't have to, Facebook decided, yeah, you will. And these promises can be broken. And they, can, and they are broken. And they're broken all the time. As the need to monetize our data gets ever more important. Okay, so here's another small concern that I have as well, and and this is this is based on information that that I've read. Um, I, you, you know, you can question my sources, but I, you know, I'm pretty sure that this is the case. So they have uh, so 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 this method that they use to share their information, uh, this method that I don't know that that LinkedIn. Um, that um, Discord or, or whoever used to share their data with Facebook um, is, is an API. It's called Custom Audience API. And the requirements for using this API, it says the data should be hashed. You know, but that's it. It just talks about hashing the data now. If you're listening to this podcast, then maybe you have, you know, a, there's a good likelihood you understand at least a bit about cybersecurity, if not an awful lot about cybersecurity. So you will know as well as I do that hashing data isn't sufficient to make it secure. It's, it's pretty much lip service unless you add salt. And there is no requirement to add salt when you share your data with Facebook for whatever application you have. So it's going up there via their API hashed and unsalted how many you know if, if common surnames common names first names and surnames you, pretty much every rainbow table is going to cover probably you know particularly sort of western names i would have thought two-thirds three-quarters maybe more of all western names are going to have um rainbow tables that have been used to determine what the the hash is for them so i i you know and plenty of other information addresses as well i mean most of them are common words and most of the words have been cracked using uh rainbow tables cracked and then the hash is put in rainbow tables um well not even cracked is it really uh, if you think about it it's just a just a creation of a hash and then you you, you compare the hashes um so you know ridiculous I mean, how, how much of our privacy is, is being totally wrecked by the data being transmitted to an API without any decent form of encryption? Just hashed. 
that's it, no salt, just ashed. That worries me too. This is the same with your apps as well, by the way, your mobile apps. So, you know, many mobile apps, when you install it, they install a little piece of code called um, AdMob. And uh, AdMob sits in the mobile applications code. And guess what it does? It shares data with Facebook and other ad providers as well, of course. They're not the only gig in town, although they're one of the biggest ones. Um, and then what they do is they have space for ads and they open this space up by a process called open bidding. So this space then is opened up for bidding and the highest bidder gets an opportunity to put their ad into it. All right. So, you know, whoever pays the most money gets, gets to put their ad in there. So if we consider Facebook, they provide the ad. Uh, so if so, the information that Facebook have, Facebook can then use that to provide the ad into AdMobile. AdMobile then shows the ad. So when that happens, right, that's your data that's being monetized still through Facebook. Facebook provides the ad. Facebook, at that point, if somebody then interacts with the ad, or even if they look at the ad, depending on what uh, relationship deal, commercial deal they have between them, um, Facebook get paid and the creator of the app get paid. So Facebook are being the facilitator for the ad. Uh, AdMob is opening up the space to the highest bidder. Facebook makes it available, both of them get paid. So that's worrying, right? That's really quite scary, isn't it? So all, I mean, and this is happening with a, with a, with a large percentage of the ads Sorry, a large percentage of the applications on your mobile phone that have AdMob code um, within them, opening up space to the highest bidder. Facebook providing it, Facebook getting paid, creator of the app gets paid too, everybody makes money. What do you get? You get a free app, okay, that's fine, maybe you're happy with that. But you need to know, right? I think if you're paying for something, if you're not paying for it in money, you're still paying for it. If you pay for it, you know, I think it's important that you you know you're paying for it, at least. It's the, it's the stealth, I think, that worries people. Okay. So, I, that, that's about the extent of my knowledge of what I know, right? So here's some stuff about what I suspect um, so I don't I don't I, you know I'm not saying this with any authority and I'm not saying that I know this is happening I just suspect it might be happening allegedly etc etc or necessary legal disclaimers made <laughs> right so uh, you, you may have heard of ultrasonic cross device tracking uh, UXDT so UXDT is um, a method which is arguably getting more popular where devices can actually embed within a website or a mobile application um, some code which creates the web page, maybe some JavaScript or in a mobile application to uh, emit a high frequency which is beyond the limits of your hearing but not beyond the limits of a microphone's capacity to tune into it so your speakers can go to frequencies higher than you can hear and microphones can can pick up frequencies you can't hear so i think you know where this is going you know if you're looking at a particular website and let's say for example uh something which may be facebook or may not be facebook or might be facebook like or facebook-esque um, not saying they do this by the way again being clear could potentially pick up that frequency for that particular product that you might be looking at maybe an advert and that to be transmitted through the microphone to whichever application sits behind that microphone on your mobile phone for example Facebook if they were to do that is that happening well an awful lot of people think it does 
Information Security magazine, which I've written for before, um, published an article uh, talking about uh, which quoted uh, Silver Push and Signal and Signal 360 as um, uh, advertising facilitators that are pushing this te these technologies. I'll leave that to you to research further. Uh, if I get the time or inclination, I may. And if I do, I should do another podcast on that. Um, so it's, <laughs> I, I, always, this, I always think this is amazing, right? If you think about, uh, I, you know, I'm cracking on a bit. So if you're near the opening, um, just after the credits, I think it was, in the original Blade Runner movie, we don't talk about the remake of Blade Runner, really, no. But in the original Blade Runner movie, um, there was the part where, I forget the name of the character now, but Harrison Ford's character walks past the, the billboard and the billboard, the LED billboard, does a retina scan of him, you know, determines who he is and then promotes a, an advert based on his retina scan i mean and that movie was made like in the what was it early 80s um just brilliant in terms of it predicting the future you know are, are, are we there yet we're pretty flipping close aren't we in in terms of getting adverts that specific and that that's no longer a, a sort of out there prediction now that's a that's almost a certainty that that's going to happen that we're going to be advertised based on our retinas. Uh, just a shocker. Um, so I, I, I just I don't want to talk about this next bit for too long. But how has this happened? You know, I think it's an interesting point psychologically, isn't it? I think at least how have we managed to reach this point where you know these big players, the big players like Facebook and Google are, are, are these hubs for masses of information that can be collected and used for targeted advertising. How was that? How have we let that happen? And I think there's a few reasons for that. I think if, if, it, have ha if it had happened all at once, I think that would be a shock. And I think there would be absolute uproar over it but it's happened gradually little bit by little bit by little bit so you know a, a bit of your privacy will be eroded and you'll think well that's not great but i'll accept it because i can use this free toy whatever it is look at these web pages and then it gets eroded a bit more and a bit more and a bit more Almost until you've reached the point where you, there's there's just this complete acceptance. It's a bit like that with cybersecurity. I remember, so about maybe um, maybe eight or nine years ago, probably mostly. Um, so from probably maybe 2011 up to probably 2015, something like that, 2014. I was called upon a lot to 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 write articles for magazines, to appear on the telly, to appear on radio, and talk about whatever the latest cybersecurity breaches. And that doesn't happen so much now. And it doesn't, you know, that that I don't think that's anything to do with me, <laughs> because it's the same for 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 everybody really around that time who was considered a cybersecurity expert, if you like. Um, it's to do with the fact that it doesn't make news anymore not in the same way it's just not shocking anymore i mean you know billions and billions of records leaked now doesn't make the news anymore it's just it's so ubiquitous it happens so much that there's it's almost like we've just accepted it and i think that's kind of happened with with privacy and with monetizing our data with what facebook are doing with what google are doing with what LinkedIn are doing and Twitter are doing, you know, in, in terms of monetizing that data, um, it, 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 it's been a gradual bit by bit process. Uh, I think that's part of the, part of the, 
the reason. I think the the other part and the probably the the bigger part of the reason is well, there's two things, of course. There's the, there's the motivations of people and there's the motivations of companies. The motivations of companies are quite quite simple. It's a, it's a greed thing. Um, uh, uh, I, I, maybe that's a more negative term than I, I wanted to use, but it's a desire to to gain more money uh, and to 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 accumulate more more wealth. So that's why the companies are engaging in it, because the more you can target your your ads the more likely you are to get people to buy your product um, within a set budget. So if you have X amount of money, and you want that money to be used the best way you can. You want it to hit people that are interested in buying your product and not everybody else. Everybody else, that's, that's, that's just a waste of money. It's collateral damage. You don't want it. So um, I think that's part of it. There's the greed part from the companies that are pushing this technology along and certainly they don't want to rock the boat in terms of, you know, um, saying anything that might burst this bubble that's that's doing so well for them. Um, and secondly, us as individuals, you know, we can we can sit and we can look at it and and depending upon your viewpoint, you know, you may be listening to things I'm saying and thinking uh, that's terrible. You may be listening to things I'm saying and thinking, well, I knew all that already, in which case, sorry for wasting your time. Or you you may be listening to this and thinking, well, that's fair enough, actually, as far as I'm concerned. You know, I get, I, I get to look at all this stuff for free on the internet. That's the price I'm willing to pay. And to you guys, I, I, I don't have anything negative to say to you. I think that's a fair viewpoint, you know, as long as you've considered the the issue. Um, but for those of you that fall in the category of thinking this is all terribly wrong, it's also incredibly difficult, you've probably found as well as I have and others have, to to not engage with social media in this way. To not put flattering pictures of yourself on Instagram. To not write posts about how wonderful your life is it's very difficult to not do that to, to you know the the the, the um, hi life highlight reels that we see on Facebook now all over the place um, are it's fascinating that we need, we have this need to do that regularly you know look at my new kitchen um, look, look, here's a picture of my kids aren't they awesome uh, whatever it might be, and we're all doing this. And the reason why we're doing this, uh, I, I try not to, but I have been guilty of it. I'm not going to lie. Um, the reason why we do this is, it, it, I don't know if any of you have looked at Maslow's Pyramid, um, but that uh, talks about the sort of hierarchy of needs that we have as, a, as, as, as humans, as a species. And... So in Maslow's pyramid, the sort of the, sort of the, the, the next need that we need as people to be met, the, 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 the most important one is our physical uh, needs like food and shelter and safety, right? They, they, they come as the sort of the core needs that we have. If, if they're not met, we don't really care about anything else, right? You know, uh, posting on Facebook will not be a concern to you if, if you're, you're so poverty stricken that you're starving to death or you're under grave danger physically by, I don't know, whatever it might be, but, you know, attack or whatever it might be. But the next one up, the very next one up from physical uh, and say, psychological, physical uh, safety uh, is social acceptance. Our need to be accepted socially is massively hardwired into us. This need for people to like us is is enormous. It's incredibly powerful. And the next one up from that is esteem. You know, the, 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 the need to be seen as important, the need to be respected. These are incredibly powerful psychological drives. And for me, they're the reason why Twitter, why Instagram, why Facebook are able to collect all this data about us. Because 
we will give it freely you know because we have this need for social acceptance we have this need for, to be respected we have this need for people to 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 look to us in a positive way and that need is so powerful that regardless of the information that we give away regardless of the information that is gleaned from us and monetized from us our disapproval of that is not as strong as our need to be accepted and those observant of you or those who are paying attention rather will be aware of the fact that i haven't yet explained how facebook managed to link together neil's account and my account and actually it's quite simple because one of the sections of information that facebook take from you and if you check this if you download your own data and have a look you will see there's an about you section that about you section includes all the phone numbers that you have in your mobile phone if you've installed the facebook app on your mobile phone or you have people's phone numbers in your contact list which we all do facebook has them too so when neil put his fake facebook account on the phone the facebook app itself would have checked his phone numbers seen my phone number in there known at the time associated with that phone number and linked the two of us together and then assuming that we were friends as Facebook did correctly, I'm glad to say, um, it then proposed that Neil should have all the same friends too and offered them to him. So that's a bit of a shock and I've left that one till last. Facebook has everybody's phone number in there that's on your mobile phone and at some point, you might not have seen it, but at some point in the small print somewhere you gave permission for that to happen. And that's where I'm going to leave it. So thanks very much for your attention. Uh, thanks very much for your company. And I look forward to talking to you on the next episode of 404 Cybersecurity Not Found. Take care. Goodbye.